Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Fantasy Baseball Live. We're here every Sunday evening talking the game of baseball, talking the game of fantasy baseball, talking whatever the heck we want to talk about. And Timmy, the season is over. Yeah, but you know, I I guess the way you've got to look at it, uh, Rich, is it's not so much that the season is over, but tomorrow is the first day of prep for the new year, right? We we might even start a little bit this evening, Mr. McLeod. Well, I like hearing that. are you are you going to uh, tempt us with some uh, juicy mors- morsels from your uh, list of five thousand prospects? No, I wrote about twelve thousand words though this week, Timmy. It was a big week. Uh, October is when I got to get stuff done, so uh, I am writing feverishly. And the first list literally comes up Friday. Awesome, awesome, and I'm sure the the whole gang is going to be looking forward to your words of wisdom. I know I sure will be. Got a fresh look to uh, to the stuff that's coming up, Timmy, so I'm pretty happy with that. Hopefully everybody else will be. The write-ups are a little bit longer this year as well. I don't know why I did that, but I did that. But uh, that's enough of that. We'll talk about that later on, Timmy. But how has your week been? Tell us all how everything came together for you. Um. Well, I went and I sold chips all week. It was fun, Rich. I had lots of fun. (laughs) (laughs) The ketchup ketchup chips uh, a big seller, Tim? Well, we we had – I can't remember who it was, and I I apologize for it, but uh, one of our regulars tried just taking regular ruffles and dipping them in ketchup. Okay, I really think this guy needs a little bit of help, Rich, but uh, uh, there there will be a package heading your way sometime in the next couple weeks. So uh, enjoy yeah, well, Tim, I, I think I might have won the steak and liquor back, by the way. Yeah, I, uh, I I think I'm toast on that one. I really am. But I'll gloat about Broxton for the next six months. And <laughs> Absolutely. I think I think I, I snuck out a win two to one. And, Timmy, did you see what Trey Turner did? Uh, what did Trey Turner do now uh, to leave us uh, breathless? Well, if, if you recall, Tim, we had a gentleman's bet, no steak and liquor, gentleman's mm-hmm. bet. To over under two stolen bases, he stole I think his fifth or sixth one today for the week. Mm, which which way did I go by the way? <laughs> you went under, <laughs> <laughs> and he actually Oops. had two caught stealing as well. So he stole another base today. It's it's uh, he attempted I think seven stolen bases this week. Huh. Yeah, just uh, just amazing. You know if. He would have gotten in another 150 at bats. I, I think he would have given Mr. Seeger a good run for his money on that NL uh, Rookie of the Year. 
Yeah, I think uh, he really wanted that 30 stolen bases, and he did that. And it's uh, it's ridiculous to me what he did. He won a lot of guys' fantasy leagues this year. So tell us, what uh, did you, were you victorious this year, or did you make any money this year? I know you did in DL, too. Yeah, I, uh, I, I did make a little bit of money this year. Uh, was I victorious? Yes. I had a first and third and two mid-seasons. And it actually won me uh, won me some money from Vantrax. Uh, so I did have a victory, a string of seconds. Uh, Roto Masters, Andrew McQuiston's league, uh, partnered up with Dylan White, second there, second in DL2, uh, second with, uh, sorry, shout out to Boris there, my, my partner and chief cook and Bob Washer, second in the Dynasty Gurus again after two uh, back-to-back first-place finishes. Thanks, Ian, for all the hard work, and... A sixth in Blog Wars with Buck Davison, uh, probably one of my proudest accomplishments, was a fourth in the CBS AL only. I, that's a real tough group, and I was happy. Uh, and going through the list, uh, a fourth in Rasball. It, it, was, it was a year fraught with injuries. Uh, and Tote, uh, we have a back-to-back winner. Uh, Adam Ronis won it again this year beating Rudy Gamble from Rasball by three points. Last year he beat him by two. Rudy had Chris Sale going today, and that was it. That was all. No, I ended up eighth in tote, and I'm happy with it. Uh, You know, I've got a list of, you know, my pitching collapsed in the second half. I had Salazar, McCullers, Wright, Kimbrell, Estrada, Benintendi, Bregman, Polanco, Blackman, Peralta, Swihart, and the list goes on of injured players. And, I'm happy with the I'm happy with the results. My big demise was actually counting on about 70 base, stolen bases from Polanco, Blackman, and Peralta. I got half. Yeah, well, we talked about it. I think that last week, and it, that's just really tough when when that happens, and uh, it does happen. And it looks like one of our listeners, Timmy, won. Uh, I think it was uh, uh, your man won the NFBC Slow Draft Championship. So I think he's going to win like 40 grand. Yeah, it's either I think it's twenty or forty something like that. Yeah, you're about oh, yeah, yeah, I think it's twenty. Uh, yeah, congratulations, Yoram. Uh, great job. I've I've known him known him for years. Uh, lives just north of Toronto. Canadian lad and uh, a good guy and a very very good player. And I couldn't <clears> be happier for him. Yeah, it's just totally awesome and uh, getting lots of Facebook uh, comments out there. People very, very happy. We're getting a lot of shout outs, Tim, for some help that we gave people and uh, nobody's trashed us. Well, no, that's because we both hold admin powers. <laughs> we can fix that, <laughs> can't we? <laughs> that's uh, very true, Timmy. So, uh, but it, it's it's been a it's been a fun season. It's been a long season, Timmy. A lot, at least for me, I had a lot of stuff going on this year that made uh, just uh, trying to manage fantasy baseball teams uh, very, very tricky. But uh, made it through just fine, and uh, now we we in DL too. Yeah, I I snuck in a third place and uh, finally got my pitching finally came back. It was a weird league, Timmy. I should have had better pitching. And if I had had better pitching, I I knew for a while I was giving you and the the winner, Scott, a run for their money. And literally about a month ago, uh, DeGrom got hurt. Strasburg got hurt. Uh, Darvish was up and down, which I kind of expected. And Cole Hamill, I don't know if you saw what he did the last month. Well, I owned him in a couple of leagues, and I know exactly what he did. He wasn't very good, Tim. He was, he no. was very bad. And uh, same with Mad Bum. I didn't know him. I owned Mad Bum in the NFBC League, and he was another guy that just fell off the table uh, in, in the month of September. 
yeah, not strong finishes by all those guys. I totally agree. And DL, too, uh, you know, hey, Scott played a great game, and his pitching held out. Uh, uh, my big uh, problem there, again, more injuries. When you lose a Clayton Kershaw and a J.D. Martinez, it's got to affect the overall totals in a dynasty format. Yeah, it really does, Timmy. It's 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 a tough format, and I, you know, now that we're beginning the off season after the World Series is over, we will start a process of starting up another dynasty league, and I'm pretty excited about that. Do not email me. Do not tweet at me. I will tell you all the details. You'll have plenty of time to put your one paragraph together telling me why you won in the league, Timmy. And uh, they're fun leagues, and uh, mm, I'm happy to start off. Leagues another one of those uh, to get that going. So, Timmy, any any league that you played in that just you didn't like for any reason, whether your team was bad or maybe the competitors not very weren't paying attention, anything that you just kind of like, oh, I don't like this league? Well, uh, there's, a, there's a, couple, a couple of them, and one of them for me is, is a real tough one, Rich, because I've been involved with a league called the NABL now, for 10, 12 years, and I I basically considered it my home league. Great bunch of people. It's probably, it's a salary cap auction keeper, and the format is awesome. The guy who runs it and everybody that partakes, again, great people, but it's a daily transactions league, and streaming is a big part of the game. And I absolutely detest streaming, and I can't do it. So, you know, I almost packed it in last year. And uh, unfortunately, has nothing to do with the people involved. I just can't play that game anymore. So uh, I'm going to be bowing out of that one and one other uh, daily transaction league as well. I just, I just can't play that game. So I don't enjoy it. Okay, so so tell me why you can't play that game. Is it just you don't have time, you're in too many leagues, you, you, you don't think that it's strategically all that fun if people are streaming players all the time? What's the rationale there? Well, my, my premise, and as I played longer and played, and played the game for a, a lot of years, my premise is that you, you build a team based on off-season scouting, okay? Then you go into the draft, okay? And, and from the draft, you, you pick players, and you build your team based on your scouting. You then get into in-season, in-season management, and, you know, the waiver wire has always been a strong part of the game for me. But when you get into daily leagues, you throw most of that out the window, uh, a lot of the game just becomes an exercise in Bruce, brute force and whoever can get to the waiver wire first to pick up the next hot player. And I just don't think it rewards players for what I believe are the skills that one should have that are inherent to winning the game. And it's a, it's a philosophical thing with me, but I just don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, I, I don't have fun doing it, Rich. And you know I've said for years, when I quit having fun, I quit. Yeah, and, and Timmy, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you've said. I, I remember in the day, uh, this was before like like uh, CBS and ESPN and Yahoo had all their stuff on mobile apps. This is where you actually had to have a computer nearby. And I'd be driving and listening to the MLB network, and you would hear uh, so-and-so got called up. And you would liter- I would literally pull off the side of the road, 
turn on the laptop, try to find a Wi-Fi connection to try to beat the guy to picking up. I remember doing that all the time. A little easier now that you can keep driving and use your iPhone to, to, to pick up the guy. But that's you're absolutely right. And if you're not listening at the time a person is called up, uh, and I can't remember who that was, uh, you know, or some of the players, but you don't have a chance. And there's always that guy in your league that seems to always be listening and have a computer or their iPhone open at the time, and they're the ones that always pick up everybody. Well, yeah, and, you know, it, it doesn't really reward the skills that I believe should be rewarded for the game. That's that's probably my biggest problem. Uh, you know, you spend months and months, it's much the same with head-to-head, and, I, and, I've, and I've seen it on the Facebook page lately. Uh, I played one head-to-head league this year just to satisfy my curiosity, and it and it confirmed basically everything that I've always thought. I, I just can't play five, five and a half months and play, play hard to watch it go down the tubes in two weeks. That, that, the ends don't seem to justify the means to me, Rich. Yeah, but, I mean, look at these. Uh, the, the, let, me, let me just push back on that and say, hmm. isn't that what Major League Baseball guys have done? They've played the entire season, 162 games. They're going to go on the playoffs. And let's say John Lester and um, Kyle Hendrick both have off weeks. Well, if they just have a lousy couple of games, they're out, Tim. Yeah. Okay. And they'll still make $25 million a year <laughs> <laughs> and spend the off season in, in the Bahamas or whatever warm locale they choose while I'm slugging potato chips and thinking, why did I waste five and a half months of my life? <laughs> that's actually an I never thought of it that way, Timmy. That's right. You know, the, you're, you're absolutely right. If you're a major league baseball player or even an owner, you're still really wealthy. All, you, all we have is why did I waste five and a half months? That's actually an interesting perspective. You can't put a dollar amount on that. Well, no, it's priceless, ain't it? <laughs> it definitely is indeed. It looks like Robert's out in the interactive chat room. He is the only person out there. Uh, Timmy, I only played in four, uh, five leagues. I played in right. just one, the NFBC League, which okay. I think we talked at nausea about that. It just fell off a cliff a month ago. I don't mm. know what happened. Matt Harvey went down, and my pitching fell apart. Not necessarily got injured, just fell apart. I think Joe Ross went out, and then he, he, he uh, you know, I was I was dealing with that kind of level of, of player. And then uh, Troy Tulowitzki didn't hit in the second half, and it just fell off. And I wound up mid-pack, I think, ninth place or something like that. Wasn't very happy because I was, I was first, second, and third for most of the first four and a half to five months of the year, and it just the, – the team just died. And the other yeah. – my Dynasty Leagues, Tim, I'm really – happy with them. I got third in, in DL2. Um, the other two of the other three are rebuilding and I'm, I think I'm totally poised to run for some, run for the mini next year, money next year. And Good. in the, the third one, I, I came, I think I had 96 points. I came in like fourth or fifth place. And I'm not sure I got to really take a look at that league. Cause something bizarre is going on in that league where People have great whips, and uh, I can't figure out why. So I need to take a look at it. I have pretty good pitching in that league, and yet I was really down in whip and ERA in my ratios and strikeouts and um, and wins. I was way up, Timmy, and my whip and ERA weren't bad. So, uh, I mean, people were, were scoring with, like, 1.09 and their whip. I mean, that's crazy. So I need to really take a look at what's going on there. 
Yeah, it sounds to me like there's a lot of people possibly using relief pitchers. I think yeah, I, I definitely think that's what's happening, Timmy. And I, I got to figure out how to play that because I came I had 97 wins, 101, but uh, there's a there's a bunch of let me see, let me try to figure out the ERA. The the winning ERA was 3.32, and my ERA kind of fell. ERAs went up and WHIPs went up this this year, Timmy, because uh, everybody's hitting home runs. Well, yeah, I I know I'm just from from DL two off the top of my head because you know I think we finished second with. I think it was around a one 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 five whip. Most of my leagues, I'm I'm finding, uh, if you want to win in whip, one ten or so was sort of a, a target, and a whole bunch in the one fifteen to one twenty range. That that you know, in fifteen team leagues, that's what I was experiencing. But if you've got a whole slew of whips below one ten, that that is unusual. I lied, Timmy. It's uh, I'm looking at it. Maybe my my pitching wasn't as good as one one five one one six one one nine one one nine one two zero one two zero. Those are the top six guys. That's that's pretty good whip still. Yeah, it is good whips, but that's within the realm of possibility. Yeah, and so I, that that team just uh, I don't quite have enough enough offense. I've got really good players. So I got Mookie Betts in that league, and I got. Uh, uh, I don't know some other guys. I, the names uh, escape me at the moment, but it's uh, I think Manny Machado's on that team. So I've got some really good young players, and against Steven Strasburg and uh, Cole Hamill and Darvish. I mean, so it's a good pitching staff as well. Um, so I sounds just like need a, to, to. Yeah, it sounds like a few tweaks, and you're in business. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm right there. And again, I just. That's probably 10 points out of the money, so I was right there. I think I finished with 96 points, uh, and yeah, yeah, just 10 points out of the out of the money. And uh, the first the first place guy was way out in front. So, but I'll, I'll analyze that, and figure out what's going on, and try to make some tweaks there. But uh, yeah, pretty good season. So one one money in one league, and uh, everything else, uh, you know, besides main NFC was definitely on the up. So I felt pretty good. Yeah, that, that's excellent, Rich. Uh, you know, because once you get to a certain stage, I find in dynasty leagues, uh, it doesn't take very much to put you over the hump. It really doesn't. Like, I, I know uh, we were trying for back-to-back in DL2, but we really are our, – our, our team really wasn't that good, but all it took was a lucky break and picking up Bilar in the off-season draft and Contreras and Bregman and – that made up the difference and kept us in the running despite the injuries. So, you know, when you get into those fall drafts and you're looking at 10-round drafts, if you can find one or two gems there, it can make all the difference in the world. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. And, again, uh, I did want to just dwell on this for a moment. Uh, but, first of all, it's just uh, you had uh, Jose Fernandez in that league, and that's going to yeah. hurt you, Tim. Oh yeah, there there is no there's no doubt in my mind that that is, that is going to hurt our our pitching uh, our pitching is going to need you know we've we've got Kershaw and Quintana and Arietta who I, disappointed me down the stretch I like Eikhoff but we are going to have to find a pitcher and maybe we'll have to look at trading away some of that abundance of stolen bases we have to acquire that pitcher. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes total sense. But that's not a trading league, Tim. So there, the people don't trade a lot. So sometimes you get people that are wheelers and dealers, and sometimes you get people that like to stand pat. And that's one of those leagues that people like to stand pat. 
Yeah, don't worry. I'll, I'll be in contact with Dr. Robert, and we'll work something out probably. Yeah, Robert's a, I like Robert. He's a, not only a good player, but he actually is pretty active, and I think, yeah. I like that kind of a lot. Uh, just real quickly on, on Jose Fernandez and, and Timmy, I, I don't know if you watch the game with the Orioles on Mo- not the Orioles, the Mets on Monday. Uh, did you get a chance to to watch? Uh, you know when they gave tribute to no, Jose I, Fernandez? No, I didn't, but I did see all the all the tapes on it. <clears throat> now, look, you're not a Jeffrey Loria fan, but Tim, you got to give no. it up for the Miami Marlins. They did. A, they did a remarkable job at giving tribute to him. I thought everybody wearing 16 was remarkable. At the end of the game, everybody formed a circle around the mound. And uh, it was, man, Timmy, if you, you didn't have mist in your eyes, tears in your eyes, you, you don't have a heart. I and mean, that was just, man, it, it, it was very moving. And they just did a great job. Well, yeah. And then D. Gordon goes out and hits a home run. Like, yeah. Tim, it was a bomb too. I mean, an absolute jacked it. I, yeah. So much adrenaline running through that little body, and he jacked it. Yeah, no. Uh, despite my feelings that are well known for Jeffrey Loria, uh, you put that aside in times like these. Uh, you simply do. That's uh, that's what it's all about. And it was a terrible tragedy. And uh, you know the the honor that were bestowed and in that game were truly moving. There was no doubt about it, Rich. Yeah. Yeah, Timmy, just uh, we're going to get into some playoff talk here in a minute, but uh, how surprised are you that the St. Louis Cardinals are not going to the postseason? Uh, uh, I'm a bit surprised. I, I think I had them pegged, didn't I? I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. That was last week, long ago, far away, just distant galaxy, right? <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, I saw. I mean, if you read my writings, uh, Prospect 361, I, I just, I feel like I saw this coming over the last couple of years. Because you, you could start to see that team aging. You could start to see that minor league softening, and this was eventually going to happen. I mean, Yadier Molina is not Yadier Molina anymore. Um, you know, Matt Holiday is way over the hill. Adam Wainwright is just not the same pitcher anymore. I, you know, and, and Randall Grychuk, as good as a season he had, a surprise to me. I mean, he's not kind of a first division starter that you want in the outfield and in a championship team. He's just not. No, I, I think the the biggest problem there is pitching, but they've got a couple of kids that aren't too far away. And uh, let's face it, Carmart had a very very good year. So you know, uh, Holiday he's he's uh, he's finished, I, I believe. Uh, you know, I, he's already written his his letter to the fans thanking them. And you know, uh, there's going to be some change, but they still have a a pretty good young core. When you look at Diaz and you look at Biscotti and there's some players in St. Louis, and they've got some more on the way. So uh, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't write them off totally. Looking at the next uh, two to three years, uh, they're going to be a good team. Yeah, I don't agree. I I I, I mean I, I love Alex Reyes as you know, but uh, right. I think after that, Tommy, what pitching is? I mean Luke Weaver is probably a number four. Um, I don't. I just don't see the pitching that's there, and maybe 2018 they can restock as all the free agents. There's no free agents next year, Tim. And, and pitching, Rich Hill is the top uh, free agent. Yeah, but if you can build a rotation around Carmart, 
and Reyes with Wainwright as a 3-4. That's not a bad start. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. I mean, first, I think uh, Alex Reyes, we'll, we'll see what he does next year. I think, uh, think there's a real good chance he is up and down. I mean, this is a guy that still struggles with his control. Uh, so we'll see if he is you know, how good he actually will be. Uh, he had a remarkable start this, this week, and uh, strikeouts are going to be there. I think he'll be actually a pretty good fantasy player, but not sure how good of a baseball pitcher he's still going to be. I think there's still maturity left. Yeah, there there probably is, but I, uh, I, I never write the Cardinals off. I think they'll find – somehow they'll, they'll find a way. Maybe they'll trade with Atlanta or something or Arizona. I just don't think that, and, and look, it, it could be just my love for the Houston Astros and Jeff Luno, but I think that team is not as good without him. And uh, I I think that team's a little bit of trouble. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, 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 have, a, I, I have a gut feeling that we're going to have a stake in liquor bet next spring on the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> well, we might just do that. Timmy, let's... Let's. Uh, we're gonna have a relatively short show. Sorry, everyone. I mean, the season is over. Tim and I are tired. Next week, we really start to plow into uh, prepping for next year. I mean, but let's kind of review this year. And I kind of want to give out some from baseball awards for the season, like uh, who wins and who do you think wins. So just kind of go through the MVPs and so forth. So, Timmy, let's start first with MVP NL and AL. Who do you have? Winning the the uh, NL MVP and who do you think should win? They can be both the same person, but if you think that somebody's going to win, but you really believe somebody else deserve it, let's hear it. Well, you, you know when you look at the NL MVP, uh, I, I think Chris Bryant is going to win it. I don't think per se he deserves it. I'm going with Nolan Arenado. You know, you look Arenado bested him him in home runs. In batting average, uh, he had 25 more RBIs than the next closest uh, to him, which was Matt Kemp and Anthony Rizzo. You know, two out of three of the Triple Crown should be enough to win NL MVP, which is what Arenado has done. But my gut says Brian is going to win it. Yeah, I mean, the problem with Nolan Arenado, as you know, Timmy, the voters will vote for guys who are on a championship quality team that we see that mm-hmm. over and over again, we're going to find that in the American league. Cause I still sure think Mike are. Trout's the best baseball player in the, in baseball and he ain't going to win it. Um, that's a really good call on Nolan Arenado. I do think Chris Bryant wins it. I think he probably deserves to win it, but you bring up some really, really valid points. Yeah, it, it, it's a tough call. It really is. And let's face it, Chicago clinched back in June and <laughs> Bryant did have a big hand in that, didn't they? Yeah, maybe he wasn't as focused over the last two or three weeks. Yeah, I don't think a lot of the Cubs were as focused. Uh, you know, they've, they've they've been putting it on cruise control and tuning up, and now all of a sudden they got to ramp it up to a whole different level. Yeah, interesting. So, A.L., tell me, who do you got winning? Who do you think will win, and who do you think should win? Well, I, I think Mookie Betts. Uh, and, you know, when you look at what has happened in Boston this year, you know, with that offense, it's hard to argue against bets, except when you look at Mike Trout, who has had an absolutely amazing season. Uh, Trout's won it twice. With no help. Yeah. Well, no, you mean Albert stealing bases didn't help him this year? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what's been, that's, that's what's remarkable about 
uh, Mike Trout. I mean, Albert's still a good player. Uh, Cowboy Cole Hanhoon's still a good player. But Mookie Betts had great players around them. Yeah, well, yeah, we talked about the team ops last week, and uh, absolutely amazing. But uh, I, uh, Mike Trout, I, I don't, I think Betts is going to win it, and it's, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's, it's sort of ironic because Trout finishes second, having quite possibly a better year than when he won it, right? I know, and yeah, Tim, he's he's going for a Hall of Fame career, but he could be a guy given how bad the the uh, Los Angeles Angels will be. Now you, we have to agree there, right? That's a bad team for the next Boy. well, as long yeah for years until they get rid of Sosha. Yeah, it's not going to get any better, <laughs> I don't think either. <laughs> right, and and and, and Mike Trout's going to be in his formative years, and while he's playing for the Los Angeles Angels, he could be a guy that wins one MVP and finish runner-up in six or seven. That's the kind of player that might even be more, it might be an indictment on the whole baseball writers thing when how can a guy year over year come in second? This will be the third time he'll come in second to him. So this is not just, you know, making this stuff up. I mean, he, that would be an indictment. That guy's been so good, but yet you, you gave it to a random guy who just had a better year, who maybe played on a better team. Really? That's what you're doing? Well, you know, you could take a look and use uh, Miggy Cabrera as an example. He had another fantastic year this year, and he's probably going to finish third. He's going to go. Miggy's going to go down in history as being uh, the bridesmaid that never was. Yeah, well, he did win back to back, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. that, that's what that's what uh, I think. Because the Trout finished second both of those years, I'm, I, I think. Yeah, I, I I'd have to look it up. My my memory's shot, Rich. What is it? What was the line, Timmy? <laughs> About your memory, I forgot. No, oh, the memory's solid. The recall sucks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's, that's the phrase that pays. Uh, let's see. Major League Baseball Most Valuable Player Award. Let's see, Timmy. This is our show. We can do whatever the heck we want. Let's. Yeah, Miguel Cabrera, 2012, 2013, um, and it doesn't say the runner-up is, but I'm pretty sure it was Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Mike Trout wins in 2014. Uh, I'm not sure who was the runner-up last year, but it, it, this is ridiculous. I mean, here he is, Mike Trout. Uh, don't know who was who was runner-up. One, one in 2014, runner-up in 12 and 13. That's probably going to be runner-up in 2016. Well, Mike Trout is going to be, as long as he continues producing at the level that he's produced thus far in his career, Mike Trout is going to be one, two, three in the voting for the next 10 years. Is that a fair statement? Yes, unless he gets hurt. <laughs> unless he gets hurt, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I'm just looking at this, Timmy. I'm, here's a guess the player. Oh, love guess the players, especially mm. when I have the answer and you do not. 2009, <laughs> that wasn't that long ago, was it? Mm, nope. All right. Let me, let me Jimmy Rollins. Stop. No, that was, I was longer than that, but uh, you're thinking along the same line. So let's get the music going. Come on. I don't like it when the music there goes. doesn't play. Here it is. So, Timmy, who was the AL MVP in 2009, which was one, two, three, four, five, six, eight years ago? I haven't. I'm going to say Movon because I like Movon. <laughs> Movon was 1995. That oh, was one Joe Mauer. Joe Mauer? Holy. 
Joe Mauer that hit 11 home runs in a year where everybody else hit 20? Hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, but he's, you see what Joe Mauer's done before. It's like, like five, yeah. like an hour and the music won't turn off. Turn off. You know who hit like nine home runs or nine home runs? James Loney hit his ninth home run on Saturday. Well, that's a good year. Yeah. That tells you something ain't right, Timmy. James Loney hit nine and Joe Mauer hitting 11. Something ain't right. Yeah, something's something's brewing at Doran's, that's for sure. It's uh, it's very, very bizarre. So uh, let's see, where were we, Tim? Let me go back to the notes. We got sidetracked on, on the history of Major League Baseball. But my I, recall, I still think my, my recall is terrible tonight, Rich, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Trout, I still think, is the best player in baseball. I don't know. I don't think he hit 30-30. I think he was 20, stuck on 29-29. I was actually at the, the Yankees-Orioles uh, game today, Timmy. So I was uh, watching the game and not looking at box scores. So I don't know who did what today. Trout got the stolen base, didn't get the home run. Oh, so he got twenty nine thirty. That that's, yeah. that's he said he was gonna steal more bases, Tim, and he did. Yeah, he said that a couple of years ago too, though. Uh this year he held true to his word. Yeah. Let's go with Cy Young, Timmy. A L and N L and A L and A L is a bit of a crapshoot. So but let's start mm-hmm. with the N L. Who do you got for National League Cy Young and who do you think should win it? Um, well, I think it's pretty hard to deny Max Scherzer. He's had, he had a great year. Uh, you know, he was, what, 277, 78, something with gut strikeouts. Uh, if I had to go with a, with a, with a dark horse of sorts, it'd be John Lester. He had himself a heck of a year. 19 and 5, 244 ERA. His ERA was actually 30 points better than Scherzer's, but, uh, I think it's Scherzer's. I'd, I like Lester. I I think he's had a he had a great year. Yeah, I got Max Scherzer as well, Timmy. I got Jose Fernandez as a guy that I think is going to get some strong consideration. Had a really good year, and candidly, Tim, I mean, he he passed away the week everybody was voting. So well, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I I think it would be a very very nice touch by Major League Baseball, and he had himself one heck of a year. Very very deserving in in every way. Totally agree. Would be my ma- that's not Major League Baseball that does it, Tim. It's the it's the baseball writers. Well, sorry, yes, the BBW, whatever it is. Yeah. Eh? And I don't think they have much of a heart, so we'll see see what happens. <laughs> but let's go to the AL, where I think it's very interesting, Timmy, because I mean, is, was is Rick Porcello the guy who's going to win? Uh he could very well, but he's certainly not my choice. Who is your choice then? My choice is a relief pitcher. Oh, come on. Not Zach. Okay, well, we're talking about he led the AL in saves with 47 going in today. I think he got another one. That's 48. His ERA was .55. His whip was .83. 71K, 65 in a third innings pitch. On April 30th, he allowed an earned run against the White Sox and took his one loss for the season. The next earned run he allowed was on August 24th, almost four months later. His ERA in April, May, June, and September was zero. Three earned runs in April, one in August. That's it for the full year. He had 43 consecutive scoreless appearances. Uh, If you equate that to a starter, that's a pinch shy of five consecutive shutouts. Uh, Zach Britton has enjoyed one of the greatest years in the history of relief pitchers, and I think he should be rewarded. I think he should be rewarded as a top relief pitcher, Timmy. But how many innings did he pitch again? Uh, 65, but I don't, it seems like 200. 
I get well. Yeah, if it was two hundred, I'd be good, Tim. But it's not. It's sixty-five. He pitched one inning, uh, 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 going out there, probably what, probably about sixty or sixty-five appearances. So he appeared in. Uh, math is not good. What is that? Thirty thirty-five percent of the games. Um, I know which is more than a starter does, but I mean, why isn't he a starter if he's that good of a pitcher? And I'll tell you why, Timmy, because he tried to start and he wasn't any good. Mm-hmm. And they moved him into the bullpen, much the same as the Jays will do that with Stroman and the Yankees should do that with Severino. And they could be dominant relief pitchers. I think that I definitely think the the Jays should move that with Stroman. I mean, I, I mean, the, the, he's a short guy, Tammy, and I think let let him ramp it up a little bit, and I think just throw his fastball slider and, and be done like dinner. Yeah, same with Ventura in Kansas City. There's another one. Yep. Tell me this. Uh, so our, one of our listeners, Tim, uh, Chris, uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Chris Caulfield. Yes, Chris, my friend, my friend from England. Yes. So he, like he he's a writer, Tim. He writes for the Guardian, which is a very popular newspaper in the UK. And he wrote a cover story, I believe, on uh, something to do with with uh, sports and uh, fields tennis. and uh, was yeah. it tennis? And yeah. he yeah. his, his headline <laughs> in bold letters on the front page of the paper, front page of the sports section was Don like dinner. And he did it in tribute to our show, which might have been the coolest thing. I don't know if it was as cool as the guy catching the baseball with a Dunlake Dinner t-shirt on. That was right up there as well. But that's awesome. That was totally awesome. And he's using that as his lobbying point to get into one of the new dynasty leagues. And I, well, I think, it's going to be I think that's done like dinner. When I saw that, I absolutely, I've, I've known Chris for, for years. Uh, he's a really good guy. And when, when he took and as the editor put that on the front page of their paper, uh, I couldn't believe it. I just howled. So it, but what was Don like then? I didn't understand. Was Don maybe the guy who was involved in whatever article he was writing at? Um, I believe it is the place where the matches are going to be held. Oh, okay. The Don. <laughs> Timmy, I mean, you, you, you're becoming like a legend. I mean, you're already a legend in, in, in fantasy baseball, but now you're, you're, your goofy sayings are going worldwide now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kathy has been saying I'm a legend in my own mind for years. So. Oh, my word, Timmy. It's hysterical. I can't believe that, that he did that. And, uh, yeah, uh, Chris, you're in. <laughs> <There's>, uh... <laughs> yeah, pretty tough, to, pretty tough to beat that one, Rich. I, pretty I, much, I, pretty I, tough to, yeah. Pretty tough to beat that. It's uh, it, you know, like we can be bribed and money won't do it, but stuff like that will. <laughs> hey, speak to yourself. I'll take cash. No, just kidding. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm sorry. Who do you get? You got you. I got Rick Porcello, and mm-hmm. you got Zach Brent. I, I think you might be right. I think he might win. I I'm just morally opposed to uh, relief pitchers winning the Cy Young. I think it should go to a starting pitcher. I think positional players should win the MVP and pitchers should win Cy Young. And I, you know, I, that's just what I think, Tim could be wrong. That's what I think. No, Hey, I I agree with you for the most part. I, I think it takes a very, very exceptional year to warrant consideration. And I think this is one of those exceptions. Yeah. And, and, you know, Rick Purcell is a good pitcher. He's not a great pitcher. I mean, Corey Kluber is a good pitcher, not a great pitcher. And they, they're the two guys in the American League that's, that had the best season. 
So there wasn't a Max Scherzer. There wasn't a, you know, quite frankly, Clint Kershaw could win every year. If he would have not missed you know, two months, he would have probably won the NL. I mean, he was having a remarkable year and came back and pitched really well. But there isn't that level of pitching in the American League that really stepped up this year. No, and, you know, I like what I saw from Darvish, but only half a season. J.A. Happ had himself a – or is it Jay Happ? Had himself a great year for Jay the Jays. Yeah, but, again, it's – it's Jay Happ. I'm, you know, it's <laughs> – You know, I know. I, I share the same sentiments sort of like with Porcello. I, I just don't see them as, as great pitchers. I think they're – they have the potential to be good pitchers, and they were this year. But I ain't I ain't chasing either one of those guys next year. Let's go to the rookie of the year. I think the NL Tim, I think we'll both agree Corey Seager deserves it and will win it. Yeah, I think he deserves it. I think he'll win it. But there were some really, really good rookies in the NL. You know, you yeah, look absolutely. at the, you know, you look at Trey Turner, half a season, thirteen homers. 40 RBIs, 53 runs, 33 stolen bases. I think that was last night, so he might even be higher. He was seventh in the NL in half a season with 33 stolen bases. You know, you look at Hernan Perez from Milwaukee. Where'd that come from? He's sixth in all all of baseball with 34 stolen bases, four more than Jose Altuve. Think about that for a second. Let's talk about Jose Altuve for a moment, Tim. He stopped stealing bases in the second half, particularly when he moved to the number. I don't know what's going on, but I am a little concerned about my little buddy over there. And I, I need to talk yeah. to him and say, what, are, are you just going to be uh, an RBI guy now? I, I, from a fantasy standpoint, I don't need that, Timmy. I need a guy that's going to steal 30 to 40 bases. Mm-hmm. I agree with you totally. Uh, very, very concerning the second half. I had him pegged as a top three pick. Uh, when we were looking at the All-Star break, I think it was around the All-Star break, we were talking about top three picks heading into 2017. I've, I actually had him pegged as going as high as number one. Uh, my thoughts are changing with that second half uh, rather quickly. i gotta, I got to have 35, 40 stolen bases out of the guy, and I don't know if I'm going to get them next year. Yeah, the way the second half was going, you're talking 10. Well, yeah. No, that doesn't do it. No, and, uh, you know, I didn't hear of any injury. He looked healthy to me. Uh, I just worry that it his stolen bases stopped when he moved to the number three hole. And quite frankly, in my humble opinion, yeah, he's the best, has the best bat in that lineup. But if they're looking for the number three guy to drive in runs, put uh, Jose Altuve in the number two hole, let him get on base, let him steal some bases, and he's still going to drive in some guys. I mean, he's a run creator. He's not a run producer. He is five foot four. Tim. They have enough big, burly guys that can hit drive guys in. Put him in the two spot, Bregman in three. Yeah, but Bregman doesn't have that speed. I totally agree with that. Bregman's every, it's going to be every bit as now. That's probably not fair. He's going to have a really good hit, so probably not as good as Jose Altuve. That's that's absurd. Yeah. The, the amount of the ability for him to make contact, but Jose Altuve has you know above average speed and great great base stealing ability. Bregman doesn't. Well, yeah, and Bregman can. It doesn't matter. Bregman doesn't have to hit forty home runs. He can hit twenty and still drive in one hundred and ten if Altuve's getting in base on base in front of him, right? Absolutely, and I think I think he'll hit as many home runs as Jose Altuve will, uh, and you know, so let's let's call it twenty, 
and maybe he might even hit 25. I think that's great, but I think he can also hit a 100 RBI, and that's what Jose Altuve does. But Jose Altuve is going to get on base more because he's got a better hit tool. Uh, not that Bregman doesn't have a great hit tool. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think that'll allow his stolen bases to play him from a fantasy standpoint. And that's all we care about. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all about us. Yeah. And, you know, you look at the NL, and we talked about it last week. You know, Kenta Maeda, he tied for fifth in wins in the NL. 12th in Ks, 14th in ERA. And those are pretty impressive numbers. But some last food for thought here on, on Seager, Rich. There's this guy, Trevor Story, okay? Mm-hmm who managed uh, to get in 255 less at-bats than Corey Seager. Mm-hmm. And he ended up the year with one more home run and five more stolen bases. Put that into context, eh? Yeah, that's, that's great. Unfortunately, he got hurt and nobody's going to remember. I think it's Corey Seager yep. unanimous. And I think it'll be Trey Turner unanimous for second. Yeah, I can, I can see it shaking down that way. And then you're going to see the rest of the vote split between – uh, Maeda, Story, and Hernan Perez. Yep. Uh, let's go to the AL, Timmy, which it really gets a little tricky because I know you're all over Gary Sanchez because he did hit that 20th home run. I still think it's Michael Fulmer, but, man, Gary Sanchez, that the narrative is hard to ignore. Well, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that Fulmer couldn't get in another two, three innings, whatever it was, to qualify for the ERA title. But, you know, Fulmer had a great year. Sanchez had a great year at the end of the year. And I think when the voters look at it, like I said last week, I think, you know, May, May June is going to be forgotten over August, September. Yeah, no, I think you're right, Tammy. And uh, I don't think he deserves it because it does remind me of Yasiel Puig and his rookie year where people were talking he needs to be considered and so forth. And uh, and I, I think Gary Sanchez has had a better year but uh, than Yasiel Puig did. But he didn't get many votes. And I, I'm hoping that the longevity of what Michael Fulmer did will will overlast what Gary Sanchez did. But we know we live in a recency society, Tim. Everybody remembers what you did for me lately. Yeah, we certainly do. What did you do for me now? Not yesterday, but now. Uh, Okay, Timmy, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about some fantasy awards, Timmy. These are just some random stuff I put together, Timmy, and it's just like, uh, just I think some of them were kind of fun. Yeah. But here's the first one. The worst. Never going to do that again. I'm never drafting this guy. Forget about it. Who is your guy? Well, I, I, got, a, I got a couple of them, but the one that... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, is I there got... anybody named, is that not named Scott Baker? So so tell me on the, so for new listeners, Scott Baker's Tim... One of Tim's, like, all-time, I'm never drafting this guy again. And if you don't remember Scott Baker, don't know who he is, go look it up. He's a very frustrating player. Is there anybody in the Scott Baker level? Yeah, there is one player. And he's a pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. And his name would be Jordan Zimmerman. You have now achieved Scott Baker-ish rankings on the Tim McLeod. Never will touch with a 25-foot pole again. You know, he might have lost the season for them when he couldn't do it last night. And 
I'm shocked that the Tigers didn't make it to the playoffs and that the Baltimore Orioles, with no pitching, yeah. I mean, no pitching, yeah. are making it to the playoffs, and the Tigers just fell apart the last week. Yeah, here's here's two sets of numbers to ponder, okay? ERA, 266, 366, 487, 107, 120, 137. That would be the last three years for one Jordan Zimmerman. Yeah, I mean Timmy, he's I mean he had Tommy John surgery and it's, you know, he he could be that arm just could be getting tired and he's getting older and he's laughing all the way to the bank cuz he signed a 100 million dollar deal last year. Yeah, he's 31 next year, so he he isn't a spring chicken anymore, that's for sure. No, you said you got a couple players, but uh, Jordan Zimmerman's a great one. I drafted him, was it last year, Tim? I get confused. And I just, he had a good year, but if you owned him, you realize how bad it really was. Yeah. My my other ones are, well, Sin Su Chu. Well, what happened okay. to Sin Su Chu? He's not even playing. Tim, he gets injured every other week. Well, that would be one of the reasons that he's on my list. Uh, <laughs> that and the fact that he hit 242 and 178 at-bats with seven home runs and 17 RBIs. The other one is Kevin Pillar. We don't use defensive metrics in our game. Okay, he's he's okay as a fifth, sixth outfielder, but 14 stolen bases, seven home runs. Nyeh. And last but not least, uh, and I didn't own any of these guys, but Delino DeShields. Like, we warn people about DeShields, and... You know, Delano Shields is a fourth outfielder, and treat him, treat him accordingly. The fifth guy I had is yours, and I'm going to turn that one all over to you because I totally agree with you on your call, Rich. Yeah, I think he's at the top of the list, Timmy, and, uh, and that is one Jason Hayward. I mean, this is a guy that I picked number one in the Dynasty League, to number one overall pick in my Dynasty League four years ago uh, yep. when – we thought that Jason Haywood was going to break out and something happened where he started selling out for power and then every, he just started rolling over on everything and he's gotten in some terrible habits. I thought things were going to change when you know, he, he went from Atlanta to, to uh, St. Louis and then uh, eventually went to wherever the heck he is now. Cause I, I refuse to even, that's right. The Cubs um, where everybody's hitting, He's in a great lineup, and he stinks, Tim. He stinks. Well, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he have, wasn't his rookie season or sophomore, 27 home runs and 80-some-odd RBIs, stolen bases all over the place? And that was it. And there it was, gone. And well, he had some stolen bases last year, but last when I looked and I started benching him, Tim, in a 15-team league, and I and I think I read off some of the the outfielders I was playing in front of him. He my number one draft pick a mere four years ago in the dynasty league, only twenty six, twenty seven years old, in the prime of his career, was riding the pine as guys who were who I thought I was paying Jason uh, Worth in front of Jason Hayward. He signed over a two hundred million dollar contract last year, Timmy. Oh yeah, no, I I know what you're saying. I I owned Hayward in one league this year. It was a twelve team league. And I cut him. Yeah, sure. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. There just wasn't anything there. I I I whiffed on him, but I guess we're not alone because the Chicago Cubs. It didn't cost us. It might have cost me a first round <laughs> draft pick, but it cost the Cubs two hundred billion dollars. So I don't feel so bad. But I just that's one guy I just don't understand. And 
he seemed like he was a work ethic kind of guy. You got to believe he's, he's got to, got to be like, what the hell's happened? Like, like go to the bat doctor and, and try to figure out how you're rolling over on everything and work on some of your mechanics. Cause this isn't play. It would be great for the cops just to say, you know, Jason Hayward, we were listening to Rich and Tim, the, uh, you know, on Sunday, they're right. You're on the bench. Well, at some point in time, it's going to happen. Like maybe next year when Schwarber's back. I think you're right, Timmy, and he's going to be a, a late any defensive guy. Well, and, yeah, they're they're not going to play him if he doesn't contribute at some point in time. Can you imagine ownership looking at that and having to eat that amount of money? Like I know baseball's filthy with money, but that's a that's a pile of change that is. And it's a it, I, it's like a crazy contract. I mean, I think he can opt out. Ain't no way he's opting out given what he's doing. But uh, it's like eight or nine years. It's a long ass deal, and it, it's going to be ugly. Oh yeah, because let's face it, as as some of the you know the Cubs' younger talent starts starts emerging, uh, they're going to want uh, they're going to want some half decent money as well, right? Yeah, and for you, everybody who wants to play in these dynasty leagues, and they are fun. This is the other side of it, Tim, that no one ever talks about. You whiff on your first-round draft pick, and in the Dynasty League where you keep everybody, it hurts year over year. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, 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 never, it never goes away, ever, ever. I'm trying to think of the first baseman that I, that I drafted years ago in DL1. He was with Miami at the time. He was coming off a half-decent season, but I think I drafted him in about the fifth, sixth round. And the only year he ever hit 20 home runs was the year that uh, was the year before I drafted him, and it took two years to straighten out the mess of a couple bad picks at the beginning of a uh, at the beginning of a fantasy uh, dynasty draft. They're tough, Timmy, and uh, and and it can get ugly, and you have to you got to be able to have courage and and move them. And I I know our good buddy. Uh, Alan Servinus wanted Jason Hayward for two years, and I refused to give him up. And he was giving me half his team. He loved Jason Hayward, as I did. Mm-hmm. And I should have moved him to me, and I didn't. And he stinks. He's never going to be another one on my team. I'm stuck with him on, on DL4. I got him. I'm not giving. I'm, I'm just not going to wave him yet, just because it just pains me. But it sucks. Well, I was going to say, yeah, it, it, it's sort of a catch-22 suffering, Rich, because you you keep him. <laughs> And every time you look at your lineup, okay, it reminds you of where you drafted this guy. But at the same point, you're not going to give him up to somebody because the second you do, you know he's going to go 20-80 with 30 stolen bases and bat 300. And then he's going to hurt even more, right? So you suffer. Yeah, but after – I'm going to cut – I'm going to move him because that, that, my team and DL4 is, is, is jacked, man. I got Moncada. I've got Benintendi. I've got some really. I got uh, Carlos Correa. I've got some, and I got other young guys that are coming, and and that's a really jacked team. So once it's jacked and I'm moving, which will probably next year or the year after, bye bye Jason Hayward. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm gonna dump them. It's gonna be one of those mid mid week dumps, Tim. When you mm. drop them and everybody sees it, it's not gonna oh, yeah, be during waiver wire. It's gonna be dropped out there. Well, yeah, if you got somebody like that, you want to announce that you're cutting ties on a permanent basis and let everybody else uh, spend their life's earnings to try and get his services, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, Timmy, most promising rookie that isn't named Sanchez, Seeger, Turner, or Fulmer. Who is hmm. it, Timmy? 
Well, you know, again, I got two here. I got Alex Bregman for one. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I love Bregman. I really do, moving forward. And, you know, despite the fact that I lost the steak and liquor bet, okay, uh, just to let you know, in 21 less at bats, uh, Bregman had one more home run and 10 more RBIs than David Dahl. Not that that means anything in our bet, but Bregman's a good player. And the other – okay, go ahead. Yeah, just Tim, all I got to say is you still lost. <laughs> yeah, because I was a dumbass and big stolen bases. Jeez, Tim. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's I, that fast-talking uh, New Yorker in me. I'm not even from uh, New York, but you know what I mean, Timmy. It just, I, I outfoxed you on that. The big city boy beat up on the poor country country lad, right? Because <laughs> I'm like, did you just agree to that? Okay, Don, like dinner. <laughs> Let's move yeah, on to the next I, topic, Tim. Oh, the yeah. volume's not working anymore, Tim. I'm sorry. Something happened to Mr. McLeod. We have to end the show now. <laughs> I will never, ever question your listening skills again as long as I live, Mr. Wilson. Never, uh, ever. <laughs> so you said you got Bregman and uh, and who else? And here's my first bold prediction mm-hmm. for for next season. My second player is a catcher. His name is Wilson Contreras of the Cubs. And my bold prediction is... He has a better year next year than Gary Sanchez. Um, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say there is, I there's a reasonable chance that that happens. But Gary San- Sanchez is a, I think a more talent. He's a I've seen him both play in the minor leagues. He's got right. better bat speed. He's just a massive man. I saw him today. It's just uh, he's a big boy. Yeah, and, he is. Uh, and I mean, Contreras is very, very good too. But I, I would not be at all surprised if you're correct. I do think Gary Sanchez is the better player, but uh, Contreras is better than a lot of people thought. And the guy I wanted to draft last year in dynasty leagues that just people outfoxed me on him, and I, I you just don't have as many picks as you like, and uh, I, I got snookered. Yeah, you know, we own him in DL uh, in DL too. We took him with our with our second pick at at 15 and and we're we're very very happy with him, but I I think when you start looking at Contreras, I think he's going to fall a little bit in the catcher rankings. I think he's he's going to go fairly high, but Gary Sanchez is going to go insanely high. I agree with you. My guy Timmy and I I whiffed on this guy. I I'll be the first to say is Aledmus Diaz. Uh there's more pop he controls controls the strikes on better than I thought he did. Thought he would, not did. Thought he would. I missed on him, Timmy, and uh, he's a lot better than I thought he was. Again, I think I'm pretty sure that Alan Sarvinas offered me uh, Aledmus Diaz in a trade to get Jason Hayward. I'm pretty sure he did. Oh, no. <laughs> no, that's how bad it. I know. Who didn't Allen offer? It might be the easiest I, I think, I literally I think he offered his half his team. I think pretty sure Byron Buxton was in there as well. I mean, he's oh. – it's just pain, It's painful, Timmy. It's painful. Yes. You're going to suffer for a bit with that one, I think, Rich. It, 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 it's, 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 it's a tough one, Timmy. Uh, okay. The rookie, Timmy, that you want in your team next year, I think you've already said it, Wilson Contreras. Yeah, Contreras is definitely one. The other guy that really intrigues me is a guy that supposedly has trouble adapting from level to level. And this past week, man, Hunter Renfrew has looked like a real player. Did you see that bomb that he hit uh, the other night? Wow. I have, Timmy. And it's a guy that uh, I've taken a lot of criticism 
for, from a lot of people, Timmy, that said, Hunter Renfro, not that good, going to play in San Diego, blah, blah, blah. What are, you t- what are you writing? Why do you still think he's a top prospect? I was pumping him up in the 30s and 40s on my top 100 list. Timmy, right. I, I saw the guy too many times. The, the power, I don't care how big um, Petco Park is, this is a guy that can hit it out of anywhere. He's a big, strong dude. He is going to strike out a lot. But yep. it's a big, strong dude. And guess what? Petco Park is not the uh, pitcher's park that it used to be. This is a place that you can hit home runs in now. Look at what Will um, uh, uh, Myers. Will Myers. Thank you. What Will Myers did. Yeah. Well, exactly. And you know, when, when I saw the one that he put up on the uh, the roof of the uh, the garage, as I call it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he doesn't have to worry about uh, wherever the fences are. I totally agree. He he can hit it a mile. The guy I want to, Tim is Trey Turner. Uh, if and we're going to do a lot of analysis on uh, home runs versus stolen bases because I've got some. I started doing it. And I've got some really interesting facts. Uh, but I'm hoping that Trey Turner doesn't go in the first round because. If we're, I'm looking at uh, Mox where he's going early in the second round, I'm going to try to trade down and pick in the bottom half of the uh, of the first round to try to get him coming back. Cause I think there's going to be a boatload of stolen bases, a boatload of uh, runs, enough pop. I think he's a dynamite talent. Well, you know, as a result of my placing eighth in tote this year, I've got the eighth pick next year, Rich. Uh, I can relatively guarantee that Trey Turner will not make it to the wheel. Well, I, that's what I'm afraid of. I think, and I, and I saw, saw things with Carlos Correa this year. And he, did, he did well, Timmy, but I don't mm-hmm. know. Does Carl, does, does Trey Turner go before Carlos Correa this year? Uh, I think he does. And I think the reason he does is not because he's a better player, all round player. I think the reason he goes that early is because, our world is relatively short on one category, that being the speed category. And I, I think you're going to see all of the speed guys moving up. I could see Marte going in the first round. Uh, you know, the, the speed guys, by the time you get to the third round, all of your top speed guys will be gone, VR included. Yeah. I hear you, Tammy. Uh, I know. Um because it's not just because speed actually hasn't gone down. It's power has gone up. That's, that's the headline. That's what I'll share with you in the coming weeks. Cause mm-hmm. I looked over year over year. It's just the power is ridiculous. The home run power is ridiculous. The strikeouts are ridiculous. I mean, we've become baseball has become what we've seen over the last five to 10 years. And that's everybody, the chicks dig the long ball and everybody wants to hit a home run 500 feet to be uh, Giancarlo Stanton. And they don't care if they strike out 200 times because they're going to get paid a lot of money. And that's where the game has moved. And all of a sudden you can get a 25 home run guy in the you know 15th round and you can't get a stolen base guy after round three. And there goes Tim is gone after my uh, my rant. He is he is gone. So I'm going to go to a quick commercial break, and when he comes back, we will get going back with the show.
And we are back, and there is no great Tim McLeod. So uh, I'm anxious. To, so he said the rookie that he wants on his team is um, Wilson Contreras. I've got uh, Trey Turner. Um, I'm going to just keep going down, and we'll pick up Tim. So I said the next one is the pitcher that you want in your team next. You're not rookie or anything, just the pitcher you want, somebody that you can get be able to get a little bit late. I got Dylan Bundy. Uh, I've always been a huge Dylan Bundy fan. I, I think we've seen some up and down with him, but I think he's going to be a very, very strong performer. So I'm all over on Dylan Bundy. And Mr. McLeod, you are back. What do you think about Dylan Bundy, Tim? He's the pitcher that I want on my team next year. Well, I'm not surprised. You've wanted him on your team since T-Ball or shortly thereafter. <laughs> but you've been a big supporter and a big fan of Bundy's. And uh, why not? You know, we're, we're seeing things this year that lead one, leads one to believe that better days are ahead, much better days. And I got no problems with that pick at all. Who's the pitcher you want on your team, Timmy? Pitcher I want on my team is a pitcher that you touted could be Clayton Clayton Kershaw-esque in in nature and who has had one heck of a September and is looking like the pitcher that we envisioned a little bit sooner. He's, (coughs) excuse me, he only turns 24 next April. 2-0 in September, 38 Ks and 29 and two-thirds, 273 ERA, and that would be one Daniel Norris. Yeah, Timmy, I, I took a lot of hits on that one as well. A lot of them self-inflicted because I, 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 I felt like, what did I miss with this guy? And the poor guy had thyroid cancer and just was a little young when they when they promoted him uh, last year. But this guy is really, really good, and he's got moxie, and he's got a work ethic that is, you know, he's got he's one of the double-plus uh, makeup guys. So lefty as well, throw that in, and uh, I think he's going to be very, very good. That's a great call, Timmy. Yeah, no, I know. I'm going to be I'm going to be targeting him all over the place next year. Right after you, Darvish, by the way, who I'm going to be targeting real early next year. I agree with you there, Timmy. Uh, we've had crazy people with home runs, Timmy, and and so I, my, here's the next category: is just the biggest surprising power this year. It's like, I mean, I mentioned James Loney with nine home runs. That could be one. I mean, Joe Mauer. I didn't realize Joe Mauer had 11 home runs, and these are guys that hit two or three home runs. But, Timmy, my guy, and I'll let you weigh in, Brad Miller. Brad Miller, I think, highest watermark was 11. He hit 30 home runs this year. Is it Brad Miller? That's impossible. Yeah, if you would have predicted, okay, last February that Brad Miller was going to hit 30 home runs, okay, our listening audience would have been two, me and you. (laughs) Exactly, Tim. I mean, that's just – Stupid. I, I don't even. I, I, there's uh, what we we've added a at nauseum. It's like something ain't right. But uh, Brad Miller to me has got to be the most surprising thirty home run guy out there. Who's your guy? Well, you know, with 111 players, okay, hitting 20 or more home runs this year, there's no shortage to choose from. And I broke it down into two groups, okay. Uh, most surprising that they hit a lot and that they hit few. And in my hit a lot, Adam Duvall, Duvall with 33. And he slowed yep. down in the, in the second half. And your favorite and my favorite player, the former San Diego Padre, Jed Jerko, hit 30 home runs this year. Jed Jerko is another guy. There's no way, Timmy, he, he doesn't have 20 home run power. <laughs> he hit 
30 home runs this year. Uh, that boggles my mind. And and I was a big supporter of Jed back in the day, but 30 home runs, come on, really? Yeah, I mean, it's like Chris Davis, K-H-R-I-S Davis, I think he hit 40-plus. This is a guy that I thought might hit 25 home run in Oakland. That's how ridiculous it is. And you remember you talked and said, yeah. he said he's yeah. definitely going to hit 25. You gave me all the reasons. Go back, yeah. everybody, listen to one of the pregame shows. He had 40 home runs, Tim. Yeah, 40 home runs, yeah. Everybody hit 20. Half the league hit 30. Uh, <laughs> is 40 the new 20? That's uh, that's a really good point. So all of a sudden you got a guy named like Jonathan Scope, and you're like, oh, well, he hit 22, 23 home runs. Well, that's great. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, one of the things that a lot of people are going to forget in this whole process, well, you know, and I've heard it already, and it sort of concerns me a bit, Rich, is that everybody's saying, okay, there's lots of power, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, hey, you know what, there's lots of power, but there's still a spread on that power. You know, you can go late on power and end up with a whole bunch of 20 home run guys and think you've done real well and still finish last in home runs. Agreed. And I think what also people, if you play in rotisserie leagues where maybe batting average is a category, if it's a traditional mm-hmm. one, you'll wait on those guys and all of a sudden your batting average will be sitting bottom three and then you, you, have, you don't have a chance to win the league. So you still got to get guys that can hit and hit with some power. And uh, I also think that's going to be an interesting strategy, making sure that you get guys like Jose Altuve and Trey Turner and these guys that get lots of at-bats and are going to have a high batting average. They're going to allow you to maybe go after some cheap power late and, and take a 230, 240 batting average along with it. Couldn't agree anymore. And, you know, getting back to the the power, the two guys that are uh, I consider equally as surprising are Bryce Harper with 24 home runs and Paul Goldschmidt with 24. Everybody was up this year. Those two guys, 24 each, eight, even though they augmented it with solid stolen bases, 21 for Harper and 32 for Goldschmidt. Uh, you know, I was surprised. How many stolen was, bases did Goldschmidt have? 32. He had, he had two today. 32 yeah. stolen bases. Are you maybe kidding me, thir- really? Maybe 34 with the two. I, I'm not sure where I took the stats from, whether it was last wow. night or this morning. Yeah, 30-plus stolen bases for Paul Goldsmith, but only 24 home runs. Yes, that's a problem, Timmy, because you, you, you didn't count on him for 34 stolen bases. And, you know, so also maybe your home runs are off if you're playing in a rotisserie league. So you, these guys got to do somewhat what you predict. Otherwise, you're, you're all upside down somewhere. Well, yeah, exactly. That's what happened to me with Charlie Blackman and Toad, okay? You know, he hit 27 home runs, and everybody's saying, hey, he had a great year, he hit 27 home runs. Well, I couldn't give a rat's patootie about 27 home runs. He only stole 16 bases. That's what I was paying for. I didn't get it, and I couldn't find the other when I needed to. And that's that's the tough part of the game is, you know, hey, you're never going to complain about a few few extra stolen bases or a few extra home runs, but if you're not buying what you thought you were, then you might have a problem, especially in short uh, categories like speed. Most surprising speed to me. I, I, I now, I, I should have looked closer to me. That's Paul Goldschmidt, but I have Mike Trout down as, I mean, a guy that up to 30 stolen bases, uh, he solidifies himself as the unquestionable number one draft pick for me next year. But who do you have as a surprising speed? Is it Paul Goldschmidt? Um, no, actually, it's it's not. He's on my list. He's he's one of three. Hernan Perez with 34. Yeah. Okay, yeah. like, 
really? Hernan Perez with 34 stolen bases? And another guy that totally shocked me this year is in San Diego, and that's Will Myers, 28 stolen bases. That's huge numbers. you got two first basemen. Say you're going in next year, okay, to your draft, okay? First base isn't going to be overly deep. There's a lot of question marks. What if you went with Goldschmidt and Myers with your one and two picks? Interesting, eh? That really is, Timmy. And uh, so you got one playing first and one playing corner and getting 50 home runs and potentially 50 stolen bases out of there. <laughs> that's, and, that's pretty interesting. And shorting the first base category at the same time, right? Yeah. This, is Will Myers a first-round draft pick? Uh, early, mid-second, I, I would think. Let's see. Will Myers. Let's see what he is. Uh, Will Myers, I see this is as of yesterday, looking at baseball reference here, Timmy. Um, he is 2016. Why are there so many? Oh, that's his fielding. Who cares about fielding, Tim? Where's his? Oh, here he is. Where's the Let's... important numbers? Where's the important numbers? Standard. Here he goes. He's only 25 years old, Timmy. Uh, yep. 28 stolen bases, 28 home runs. Holy cow! Nice. He's eh? batted 257. That's not good. 160 strikeouts over six. Pardon me. With his OBP. 335. Okay, that's acceptable. Yeah, it's acceptable. Yeah, the problem is uh, 160 strikeouts over 68 walks. He's still not controlling the strike zone very well. But man, 20, 28, 10, yeah, that's a, that's might be a first round pick. I'd definitely gone by the second round. Oh, yeah, he's he's not going to be around for the third round. There's <laughs> not, a, not a hope. But, you know, I. What the question is? What does he do next year? How many bases does he steal? How many bases does Goldschmidt steal? I had Goldschmidt down for a slight decline in stolen bases this year. Oops. So, I don't understand this, Timmy. Um, two thousand three, two thousand thirteen. Excuse me. Five stolen bases. Fourteen, right. six stolen bases. Fifteen, five stolen bases. Twenty-eight stolen bases. And then all of a sudden, we look at his power. 13 in 2013, 6, 8, yes, injured both of those years, and then 28. I mean, do you risk a second-round draft pick on Will Meyer, given the fact that do you trust that he can do this, or is this the outlier year? (laughs) Well, are you playing to win, or are you playing safe? Try to play smart. (laughs) Well, don't ask me. I don't know how to do that, Rich. (laughs) So you're – there is risk, though, right? I mean, oh, yeah, I mean there, you, there is definite risk. But when you look at a player like Myers, what did, what did you have Myers pegged for watching him come up through the minors? Is he a legitimate 25 home run type? Yes. I had him pegged at 20 to 25 home run, uh, you know, even, at, even in Kansas City uh, mm-hmm. when he did that. And then, you know, uh, clearly San Diego is no longer the pitcher's park, as we've talked about. No right. way he he's not a double plus. 28, 28 stolen bases says you got double plus speed or you you're a savant out on the base pass. I mean one of the two. Well yeah, that twenty eight stolen that's a big number. Uh, you know, if, if you can put even twenty five home run power, uh, you get uh, you get a couple of the kids up next year. Slap Renfrew in either in front of them or behind them to give them some protection. Put Manny Margot in the leadoff spot. Uh, that should give him a little protection. And based on what you're saying, unless he gets hurt, 
25 home runs is not out of the question. Well, if, even if he steals 15 bases, that's still pretty good, isn't it? 90 yeah, it RBIs? Is. Yeah. Yeah, this is a batting average is a thing that's going to be struggle with a little bit. So, because yep. that 106, 160 strikeouts on top of uh, 672 plate appearances, well, that's that's not well. It's at 75 percent off the top of my head in terms of a uh, uh, strikeout percentage. Uh, let's see, hold on for a second. 160 yeah, over 672. That makes a strikeout percentage 23 percent, 24 percent. That's not good. No, it's it's not good, but it's not Tim Anderson-esque. Yeah. Has Tim Anderson been – I haven't checked his strikeouts. Has he been uh, not good? <laughs> well, I think he's up to 13. I think I saw 12 or 13 walks. I, I, don't, I don't know. All I know is it's, uh, it's not a pretty Well, he's number, always right? been very, very aggressive. I didn't yeah. think he had horrible contact ability, but let's check. He's up to 13 stolen bases, so you need to apologize to Mr. and Mrs. Uh, t- Mr. and Mrs. Anderson, their parents. 13 stolen bases or walks? 13 walks. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I thought he had nine stolen bases. <laughs> 100, yeah, he had 10 stolen bases, 114 strikeouts, and 13 walks. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> no, that sort of puts, puts him in a league all of his own, huh? So let's see. That's 98 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 98 games divided by, what, six games per week? Mm. Something like that. Is that what you would say, Tim? That yeah, 16. Sure. He's, he's walking less than once a week. <laughs> I hope he enjoys the stroll. I walk more than uh, that. I know. Oh, Timmy, it's going to be so much fun talking off the. Uh, uh, it's funny. I was. I was uh, my wife joined me at uh, at the Yankee Stadium and 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 mm-hmm. going to see the Orioles play. And we were trained back, and she's like, "So are you said?" Well, not really, because I think the off season, from a fantasy standpoint, and quite frankly, from a baseball standpoint, is it's not as much fun as in season. But Tim, it doesn't take much of a step down. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I I have just as much fun with the off season. I, I love our podcast when we get into the the rookies and then we get into free agency and mock draft. The off season's a hoot. Baseball is a 365 endeavor if you want to if you want to play it good. Yeah, and then you've got you've got the winter meetings and all the trades, and this is well, fun. I totally I totally agree. Uh, uh, it's just one part of that annual cycle that we go through and all parts hey if you want that wheel to go round you better uh, you better be uh, hopping on the train right at the beginning as far as i'm concerned now a, a, a time that is not look I, i'm going to uh, people might stop listening to this podcast because you'll think you'll, you'll hate me when i'm gonna say this one of the things i don't like as much tim quite frankly is the playoffs I, and that's what's coming up. I mean, I, you know, I, I enjoy, I watch them. I enjoy the individual games, but I never play in those World Series or postseason uh, fantasy leagues. And it's just nothing's allowed to happen while all this stuff is going on. It's like, come on, let's get it over with so we can start trading and, you know, all the off-season stuff. So I actually find it a little long, and it's like, come on, let's get it over with. Yeah, you know what, I... My team's the Expos, okay? So you know where I stand on playoff <laughs> baseball. <laughs> That's right. You know, I, I, I'm going to love watching the Cubs play. I really am, and I'm really rooting for them just because of the 108 years and so forth. But I don't have a team anymore, Tim. 
Well, yeah, a lot of us playing fantasy sports don't have teams anymore. Our, our loyalties are are very short-term, and they're divided amongst the players that are doing well for us. But, no, I sort of agree. I Hey, our game is over now, at least for the next month. And now, now we, have to, we have to put up with the real game and playoffs. Why don't they just do a best out of three or something like that and give it to somebody, and then we can get on with all of our, all <laughs> I our agree little with stuff. You. <laughs> I agree with you, Timmy. Now I have... I am not a very good host because I got to try to find out. Uh, and I saw this in because we have to talk about the playoffs, and I don't right. know who's playing whom. And I saw this this evening, and I I didn't uh, write it down. So you're gonna have to give me a second here. Okay, no that, no problem um, at all. Um, now my obviously uh, it's it, it's a priority for both of us, isn't it? The playoffs. Yeah, but yeah, I uh, it bums me out because I. I remember definitely looking at it. Let's see, because it was on the MLB app and it had it in there. We just going okay. Coming, it's almost there, Timmy. Uh, I do know that it is going to be for the play-in game. It is going mm-hmm. to be the Baltimore Orioles against the Toronto Blue Jays in Toronto. Yes, uh, I got to go with the Jays on that one. I got to go with the Jays. Is Bundy going to start that game? Uh, Ubaldo? I don't know. It's it, it won't be Wade Miley, I don't, but he's actually pitched well. Uh, oh, he, yeah, I, I think it's Bundy, Timmy. I think that he okay. they didn't start him today. They started Galsman today, and yeah. uh, Bundy will be on an extra couple of days of rest, and he's pitched very well. Yeah, no, it's, you know, Bundy and Ghostman will determine the Orioles' future. There's no doubt about that. So, yeah. I I just think the Jays are going to be tough to beat at home. I I agree with you there, and it's uh, uh I kind of rooting for the Orioles. I would like to see the Orioles win, just you know, just 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 because. Uh, hmm. But then we've got the NL play-in game, and that is your San Francisco Giants traveling cross country to hook up with the New York Metropolitans, and I'm assuming it's Noah Syndergaard playing in that play-in game. So I would think you'd have to favor them. Uh uh, this, this is where all of the listeners that stuck around after your comments about the playoffs and mine, this is where they disappear, because I'm going with the Giants, Rich. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming Mad Bum pitches? Yeah, uh, that would be my assumption, yep. Yeah, but the the, uh, the Mets are hitting. I mean, they're, they're hitting the ball now. So uh, and they, remember they hit in August last year? Well, this year they hit in September, and – you know, it, it kept going. They, you know, they don't have any Daniel Murphy, but uh, that's been a pretty good team. Even year. All right, even year. All right, you got San Francisco. I got the I got the Mets going. All right, okay. so so the rest of it here, if I'm looking correctly, mm-hmm. uh, Texas Texas is clinches the division. They have home field throughout the World Series in Chicago. So those are your two top seeded players. So right. it looks like. Cleveland in the AL, Boston goes to Cleveland, and uh, the winner of the uh, play-in game goes to Texas. So let's start Cleveland, Cleveland and Boston. Who do you got? Oh, again, more listeners deserting us. I'm going with the Indians. How in the world, Timmy? They've lost every pitcher. Oh, they haven't lost every pitcher. They they've got Trevor Bauer in his wiggle stick, but with the Trevor Bauer, have, he's 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 pitching the first game, and then Corey Kluber, who's 
kind of injured, Timmy. He hurt himself he, like a hammy or something like that. He came out of the game. Yeah, he's uh, he's going to start game number two. But uh, the difference maker for me there is the bullpen. And the Indians have a, have a pen. Right now, Boston is very, very sketchy. I don't know. I, I watched Craig Kimbrell the other night, and right now he doesn't have a clue, not a clue where his fastball is going. He's all over the place. And uh, I think – Although Boston has the best offense in the game, Cleveland's offense isn't too shabby either. So I, I'm going to go with the tribe over Boston in an upset. I got Boston. Okay. Huh? Texas and Texas and Toronto, because we both – well, I got Texas and Orioles. You both. got Texas and Toronto. Who wins that uh, that other series? Um, I, one of the reasons that I want Toronto is because I want to see a series. To Texas and Toronto, there's bad blood there. Uh, I, I think it would be an inc- intriguing matchup. I, you know, come on. I'd like to see somebody slide into second base and see what uh, Rogi has to say about it in a playoff game. But I, I think it, the dynamics are there that it would be a fascinating series with Texas and Toronto. And I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Texas winning. I got Texas winning as well. I mean, uh, Cole Hamill and, and you Darvish, one, two, with maybe Derek Collin coming in three, I'm assuming. They, Colby Lewis is back. Martin Perez becomes kind of a, probably a long guy, a mop-up kind of guy. Uh, I like Texas a lot. So I'm, I'm going yeah, with Texas. Solid. So I got Texas against Boston. You got Texas against Cleveland. Who goes to the World Series, Tim? Texas Rangers. I got the Boston Red Sox. So we are at odds in the American League. Let's go to the National League. you got the Cubs as the number one seed. They will right. face, it sounds like, San Francisco from your standpoint. And I've got the Mets. Who do you have, the White Sox versus the uh, San Francisco Giants? <laughs> Even year. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going, I'm, I'm going right to the bitter end on this, Rich. <laughs> All right. We got uh, the Ouija board going. I got uh, the Cubs. Uh, defeating the um, the Mets and Timmy's got the uh, Giants defeating um, the 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 uh, Cubs, which is amazing. Okay, so let's go to the Washington Nationals host the Los Angeles Dodgers. And the Washington Nationals, Tim, no Steven Strasburg, they got Max Scherzer. Quick, who was the second pitcher? Tanner Rourke. Oh, Tanner Rourke. It's not a bad pitcher, but. That's scary that you go from Steven Strasburg to Tanner Rourke. And you might yeah, have Joe Ross. You can even have Lucas Diolito pitching a game. Well, yeah, who knows what's going to happen there. But I, I think the, the Giants are going to win one for Dusty. So I'm going to go with the Giants over the Dodgers. All right, so you've got the Dodgers defeating the Nationals, and you've got the Giants defeating the Dodgers. Well, no, isn't San Fran isn't – San, what have I got here? Sorry, I got uh, San Fran, San Fran, I got Washington, and then I got San Fran over Washington eventually. Yeah, Washington over the Dodgers, and San Fran will beat out the uh, will beat out Washington to play Texas in the World Series. I'm going to say that the Dodgers finally, Clayton Kershaw finally gets the monkey off his back, being a bad uh, playoff uh, team, and I think they defeat the Washington Nationals, and I believe the Cubs defeat the um, Washington Nationals to go to the World Series. So I've got the Cubs in Boston. You've got uh, the uh, who do you? You've got the Giants versus Texas. Texas. 
Yep, and the, the Giants. Giants win. win. <laughs> I've got the Boston Red Sox, who is who I had preseason. I had the Boston Red Sox against the uh, Chicago Cubs in the World Series. I got the Red Sox defeating the uh, the Chicago Cubs in a probably a six or seven game amazing World Series. Yeah, you know what? Until until somebody stops the trend of every other year, I gotta go with it. Logically, <laughs> the two best teams. It should be Boston and Chicago and a coin toss on the seventh game because they're both great teams. But I, I'm sticking with that. Every, I'm sticking with that until it fails. I well, Tim, I don't blame you. So anyway, what a great show, fun season, everybody. I mean, and you know, and Tim and I think you would agree, and I'm sure you'll say things much more eloquently than I will. But we appreciate so much the uh, the community that that we've built through the show and with the Facebook page and the Twitter feeds and just all the encouragement you guys give us. I know you give us a bad time. we give you bad advice, but it comes with the territory, but it's, it's been a hoot this year, Tim. I know I've thoroughly enjoyed it, thoroughly enjoyed interacting with our listeners and just, uh, it's been great. And uh, I'm looking forward to Monday, which is the start of the off season and the start for next fantasy baseball season. Yeah. I, I don't think I could say it any better except to, to thank everybody for your support this year. It has been an absolute riot. Uh, I've had a lot of fun. I've met a lot of new people, new friends, and through through the Facebook page and, and the podcast. And, hey, uh, I, I wish everybody all the best over the off season. Hope you continue tuning in. And thanks again for all your support. Uh, it has, it's, it's just been a blast, and we couldn't have done it without you. Totally agree with you, Timmy. So we've got over the next couple of months, we'll be talking lots of playoffs. We'll be doing more awards. We'll probably start to doing a mock first couple three round drafts here in the next two or three weeks. Uh, we will not, I know we'll have an off week, which is going to be right around Halloween. So the 30th or whatever that, that Sunday is, I won't be, I'll be flying that day. So I won't be able to do it. So, but lots of playoff talks, lots of baseball talk, Tim, and beginnings of the fantasy stuff in October. And then we start to hit it hard in November where we start to do the 30 open fantasy questions for next year. And then we start to go uh, probably in December position by position. And it's going to be a blast. Yeah, it, it, it always is. The, the off season is, is really a fun time. It, at least it is for me. And, you know, getting, getting into the prospects, going through all your top ten lists, Rich, uh, I'm starting, and I've got to talk to you sometime in the next week about format. I'm starting ranking players. I'm starting early this year. I want to get that project done, and I want to get it out. So uh, I'm going to need some advice from somebody who knows more than Control-C, Control-V. <laughs> okay, I can help you, Timmy. I'm I'm I am uh, I'm a terrible writer, but boy, can I write fast and uh, put stuff out there quickly. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. Formatting is not my area of expertise. How about I leave it at that? Yeah, just throw them out there. Nobody cares about the formatting; they care about the content, Timmy. Just so you know. Um, tell us what you've got going on this week. I've got I've I, I've had a crazy last week and a more exciting this week. But why don't you tell us what you've got going on? Uh, this week, uh, absolutely nothing, and, and I'm, I mean that sincerely, nothing. I'm going to watch <laughs> watch a little bit of baseball. Um, I'm going to start working on some rankings. I was contemplating, I've run a, a postseason league the past couple of years, and I was contemplating running it again, but I'm just a little tired, Rich. I, so I think I'm going <laughs> to pass this year. I'm going to 
I'm going to take uh, the month of October and start uh, start formulating plans for for next season and just sort of mellowing out for a bit. Yeah, that's that's great, Tim. You deserve a yeah. week off. Yeah, I'm in the heavy part of I'm in the heavy part of my travel. Uh, it's always in the spring and always in the fall where I do oh, okay. insane amounts of travel. So last week I was actually in Boston. I got a chance okay. to go to Fenway on Tuesday. It's just a beautiful Patriots part. Night. Yeah, I saw the yeah, – it, no one was there. The Red Sox were not playing, so we just rented out Fenway Park. Uh, a bunch of us had a run of the place and had tours, and it was it was great, good food, and uh, just had a blast. Did you get uh, I the scoreboard to sign your name? I did not, no, but I got a chance to sit up on the, uh, the Green Monster and the seats up there, pretty nice, really nice view. Uh, press box and you know the, all that kind of stuff, and then uh, it was fun. It was it was yeah. it was a little dreary in Boston, but it was it was a good time. Uh, good. Wrote twelve thousand words <laughs> all week long. <laughs> picked up and picked up my new car, Timmy. I got a free car, which was actually pretty good. All I had to do was pay taxes on it and uh, a couple dealer options. So I got a brand new uh, Audi R8 for about $15,000 in taxes. Someone's <laughs> a crazy, crazy car, but I'm very excited about that. So I did that. Nice. And then this, this weekend, Timmy, I went to, you're going to, you're going to think I'm, I'm really smart. Cause I, you know, I'm not, but we have a, had a book festival in our town and they brought, in, yeah, they brought in about 50 authors and okay. uh, they had it spread it out in you know, a bunch of venues around town. It was, Remarkable, Tim. I think they have 5,000 people come wow. and go to these different venues on Saturday and just listen to, you know, an hour about an author talking about his book. Timmy, I thought it was going to be the dumbest thing ever. It was awesome. I mean, awesome. The the keynote speaker on Friday night, which was at the big arena, which is like 1,500 people here in town, was a guy named Sebastian Junger, Younger or Junger, I think. He was awesome he wrote the book perfect storm i don't know if you remember that movie and so forth yeah about the boat right so he he wrote us he wrote his new book is called tribe and it's about communities tim and and okay. he's a war correspondent and he talked when he did his talk he talked about too many people that he spoke about and even his experience in covering all the wars when you're in combat and you're in the this nucleus of a 20 or 30 person family and you're everybody, you might hate the person next to you, but you'll, you'll die for them. You know, it's that kind of mentality right. that many of those people, in fact, most of those people, when they get home, they all want to go back to that combat situation because they had such a tight knit community there that he's now talked to anthropologists and so forth. And has decided that we really, as a people should be living together uh, you know, and having community with people face to face time, not just over the internet, but face to face, and that we've become too isolationist of a society, and that's not healthy for anybody because everybody needs human interaction and human, you know, human intimacy. You know, not 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 like a husband and wife, but human like you know conversation. And it mm-hmm. was like an hour and a half of just him talking. And I was totally like, oh, my gosh, this guy is freaking brilliant. And every, many of the things he said resonated with me. I thought it was awesome. That, that's, that's, that's awesome, Rich. Uh, 
Yeah, we we generally when you know when we have a, <clears throat> a book festival up up here, it involves crayons. Not quite at the same level as yours. <laughs> it, it was but great. My my wife. I'd love to Lori attend one. Yeah, it was great. Lori went and saw a guy. I went to a financial guy. It was 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 fun. Some mm-hmm. of the economists and so forth. And Lori went and saw some guy that wrote a book about the Underground Railroad. Remember the under? Did you study about the Underground Railroad when the slaves were uh, mm-hmm. were going? Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, I did. I also studied the immigration uh, into eastern Canada, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. Wow. So this guy wrote a book, and it's a best, number one New York Times bestseller. He, his premise is, and Laurie said it sounds far-fetched, but it was such a cool concept. What if the Underground Railroad was really an underground railroad. What if it was really a railroad and what would that have meant and so forth? So there was kind of a historical fiction and, you know, apparently he sold gazillion books and and he, Laurie said he was just flat out like mesmerizing when he talked. So it's funny when you talk to these people that are well-spoken and and smart people, it it was cool. I can't, it's totally like, on me, Tim, because I'm definitely more of a numbers guy and, like, get to the point. It was awesome. Absolutely well, awesome. Well, anything that causes an individual to open up their mind to new concepts, new ideas, and allows you to search out different opportunities, that that has to be positive, doesn't it? It is. It, it was great. Yeah. So, uh, so we did that this weekend, the Orioles game today. Next week, Timmy, I'm actually heading off to Chicago to pick up a bunch of awards. I've a lot of pro- oh, cool. a couple of products I've been working on. One has won a uh, product of the year award in our industry, and so I'm oh, gonna pick up some hardware, Tim. Yeah, I'm well, very very congr- proud of that. Well, congratulations! That's that's truly awesome, Rich. Uh, yeah, I know how hard you work. At no, I don't work that hard. <laughs> I know I really how hard don't. you work at driving your team. <laughs> That's, that? that's exactly true. <laughs> exactly true. <laughs> <laughs> but no, congratulations. That, that's awesome. I do have one question for you. How do you find the time, okay? Because I can never do it. All the time, you, you know, you're talking about, you know, you wrote 12,000 words. Well, how do you find the time to write them and count them, Rich? <laughs> I'm at a loss. When you type them, when you put them into WordPress, WordPress tells you how many words you have to me. That's that little little thing at the bottom that tells you that. And I just put them in a spreadsheet and total them up, man. So, uh, okay, uh, I guess that's the next step in my learning curve after there you go. Cause yeah, control not, okay, there we go. Exactly, exactly. But uh, I, I'm uh, I, I'm not a good writer, but I can when I. It's funny because I was slogging through the Miami Marlins organization. Mm-hmm. I've been slogging through the Orioles organization. Timmy, it takes forever to write those organizations. I I, I wrote six guys up in the Mets last night. Right. In a two-hour setting, I just because okay. I knew them because I'd seen them so much and they're good and they're they're fun yeah. to write about and all my notes are there and you just boom you write them and then also you get to the Miami Marlins you just stare at the paper for what seems like an hour and you're like is this guy even worthy of being in the top ten and then then he put out requests for people you know that I've met hey give me some feedback on fill in the blank it, it takes time right. and then then they finally text you back and it's like. Sometimes they don't even tell you like who you asked a question about. So then you got to go re- and it takes forever. And then you just get like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> well, when you're excited and you enjoy something, okay. And you're, it's a very positive experience. You're going to get at it and you're going to do it. 
And it's it's not like work. It's something you enjoy. But on the other hand, when you get into a situation like you said where you're dealing with players that don't really enthuse you, well, all of a sudden that takes a, a, a back seat to maybe dancing with the stars or that's on TV or any or anything else. I, I think that's that's human nature. It's like when I'm doing the waiver wire and the best option is Delino DeShields Jr. How keen am I? Exactly. You'll find the you're same not. thing when you're doing those lists. I mean, it's like you get to maybe a position that's just no fun. And it, it just, it's just no fun to write about. <laughs> it just isn't. Well, yeah. Do I want to choose between Ubaldo and Wade Miley? Well, you know, I think I'll put that off till tomorrow. Absolutely, Timmy. Anyway, buddy, it's been a it's been a fun show. Uh let's wrap it up. It's ten forty. And uh thanks, Tim, for everything you've done this year. Your waiver wire stuff was was just awesome. Your contributions to the podcast and to the Facebook page was just awesome. And you're the reason people listen to the show and I can't be uh I can't be more pleased with what you've done. So thank you. Uh, personal thanks to you and I know I speak on behalf of everybody listening to the show. Thanks for everything that you do. Well thanks so much, Rich. It is entirely my pleasure. I've 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 loved the opportunities that you've given me and I've had a total blast with it. And don't be so hard on yourself as a writer. I've been following your writing for, for a number of years and there ain't nothing wrong with your writing. Each and every year it gets better, and uh, I think you should give yourself a pat on the back for a job well done. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. I'm not a very good writer. <laughs> I'll say that to I... <laughs> But I do appreciate the encouragement. I, I know from uh, I know good writers. I ain't one of them. So, uh, but uh, I do have I do have fun. So. And that's the name of the game. As long as as long as we're having fun, moving forward, life is good. Thanks again for everything, Rich, and be well. See you next week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.